and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. He's a South Texan poppy poet living that hashtag middle class gay life. It's Chibi. She's a little bit Selena, a little bit JLo, and a whole lot of Pisces. It's Rocky. And this is Words and Shit. The show where you get to know the person behind the poetry. Brought to you by Write Art Out. Raquel. I mean, wait a second. Wait a second. Besides your apartment coming to life behind you. Um, a little bit. I'm, I'm trying different like places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming together. Outside of that, Raquel, for those that are listening on the podcast later and can't see this, has a new haircut. <laughs> yes. And it's like rocking some like... Meryl Streep, salt and pepper, executive boss realness over here. Yes, thank you, thank you. I love it. Um, it's definitely a, a needed change. Uh, you know what it was? I think when we had Mason on, and he kept saying like, "Oh, I just like this salt and pepper look," and I'm like, "I want that salt and pepper look already." You know? So yes, um, yes, we can. Tammy condones. <laughs> Tammy condones. She says, "Cute hair." I've been I've been subtly living the salt and pepper realness life. Like you can't see it because I keep it pretty close cut, but there's a lot happening on the edges. I've gotten a few in the beard. Every time a new gray hair pops out, my husband's like, mmm, daddy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yo, like for real, like this hair is definitely always giving me like it's giving me like daddy vibes because uh-huh. you know. I'm out here in this like single life, taking care of me, taking care of baby. I'm baby. And uh, Zaddy has to come correct to like take care of baby when she comes home. <laughs> there so. you go. There you go. I think, I think the salt and pepper is just a reflection on the wisdom that we earn through the years. Yes. Right? It just, it's every little strand is another piece of wisdom that we carry with us as we move through. Uh, and if that is true, Mm-hmm. Our guest today is probably one of the wisest people we will ever have on this show because he is rocking salt and pepper rock god to the yes. max. Our guest today is Anthony the Poet Flores. He is a three-time Ooh. San Antonio Grand Slam poetry champion who has represented the city of San Antonio in competitions on six different occasions at the National Poetry Slam. He has performed his work all over the United States from local schools and community centers to HBO's Deaf Poetry Jam to the famous Lincoln Center in New York City. He is a co-founder of Fresh Ink Under 21's Youth Poetry Slam and has also been a judge for San Antonio La Voz Citywide Spoken Word Competition. Anthony the Poet has also recently completed his ninth year serving as judge for the San Antonio Public Library's Young Pegasus Poetry Contest, the oldest poetry contest for kids and young adults in the nation. Literature is happening in the city of San Antonio. He had released his first full-length book of poetry, Cincuenta, in January of 2020, and is a full-time poet who lives and works on the south side of San Antonio. Y'all, show some love in the comment section. You know what to do. San Antonio legend, Anthony the poet Flores. Hello there. Hello there. Hello. Oh my goodness. Anthony, I just want to, I do. That's goals. Your salt and pepper look, like these crazy the canas mm-hmm. and everything. That is what I want. That is what I want. I'm, I'm, I'm growing a little bit extra down here so I can transfer it up here where I'm starting. <laughs> Kind of like a hair liposuction. Quítale de aquí, métele para acá. Quítale de aquí, métele para acá. There you go. I just turned 54, so I'm starting to uh, have to replace certain things. I lost a tooth during the pandemic. I'm still waiting to replace that. I'm losing my vision. I'm losing some hair. Mm. But uh, I'm losing all my worries as I grow older. So that's a, there that's you. a good. That's good. That's that. good. I'm, all, I'm all right. I'm all right. That it's is good to be here. Saying. It's good to be here with you guys. No, it's great to have you over here, too. So we always start off the section because we're going to be talking about, you know, getting intimate with you, getting to know a little bit about you. So we want to do a quick check-in of, like, how's your heart today, friends? Like, how's your heart today, yesterday, this week, this month, this year, during this pandemia? Like, wherever you feel your heart is taking you. My heart? Are you talking about my heart? Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, that's the coolest question that I've, I've, I've ever had, I think. Uh, <laughs> My doctor has asked me. No, actually, my doctor hasn't even asked me because I don't have a doctor. <laughs> uh, uh, my heart is in a great place. I've had a, 
it's been a very difficult time, the pandemic uh, thing that we've been in through almost two years now. But um, I, I, I never had a chance to panic. I never, I never ran out of words. I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to have continued writing and, 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 and being able to work in schools and, and to, uh, to sell my merchandise and to just keep busy uh, volunteering a lot of stuff. So uh, my heart is in a good place. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm going to knock on wood somewhere because uh, I've managed to stay healthy and, and, to, and to keep doing a whole bunch of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I feel good. I can hear it. Yeah, love to hear it. Love to hear it. And I can't wait to dive into conversation with you about all the things that you've been doing and what you have planned for the future because you are a busy, busy man. Yeah. Um, but before we get into the deep, deep conversation, what we like to do is open up with a section that we like to call speed dating. So we're going to ask you a small series of questions uh, th so that the audience can get to know you just a little bit. Um, feel free to answer as in-depthly or as concisely as you feel is necessary to justify your answers. Okay? Okay. All right. I'm nervous. Yeah, y'all didn't tell me about this. All right, let's I, go. I, here we go. Here we go. Question number one. When and or where do you feel like you do your best writing? Um, after midnight and uh, alone in my room. Okay. With a beer. Ah, aha. Mm. <laughs> Salud. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a late night. Uh, I'm a, I take care of my uh, 94 year old mama. So she's, uh, she's quite a handful during the day. And uh, we, have, we have shifts. Um, so it's not until about 10 o'clock that I get to have a little bit of peace and quiet. And then uh, by midnight, one o'clock, two o'clock, I'm ready to open up my notebooks. I do a lot of drawing. I, I've been selling a lot of drawings. Um, I have a bunch of classes to prepare and, and uh, uh, poems to write. So that's that's when I get to uh, to have some peace in order to do that. Oh, that's awesome. Great. Okay. So my question is, what is the weirdest thing that nobody would think that would actually bring you joy, like the most joy in your life? Um, I have, the weirdest thing is that uh, I recently got into video games. I never thought I would be able to enjoy them. I always thought they were a waste of time. But my, my son, who's 11 years old, uh, is big time into video games, and uh, he has gotten me addicted to them. You would think that a 54-year-old guy would not be uh, all excited <laughs> about it. The, the new Oculus uh, uh, VR experience. And, yeah. and I, I've got that headset on now, and I'm, I'm running around playing Gorilla Tag and everything else that these little kids are doing. And so uh, I don't think anybody would picture me uh, at this point in life doing that. So I would no. think they would find that as a surprise. That was a surprise. That was a good one. <laughs> Look, I, I feel you. I feel you. I'm in the same place. I'm in the same place. I will just recently picked it up and I was like, all right, let's go. Like we had a, he, he had been telling me for months too, that the new Oculus uh, was coming out. I didn't even know what it was. And, but it was, it was going to be a little pricey. So we, we actually had to plan ahead a few months to do extra gigs and pick up extra money. And, but it's been, it's been worth it. We, we have fun and uh, old people fall down very often when they're VRing. <laughs> They bump yes. into walls, they break things, and the kids just laugh at them like, why did you jump off of that cliff? You're not supposed to jump off of it. I'm like, I didn't jump. I fell off of it. Uh, we, we don't have uh, the right circuitry, I don't think, uh, to, to be doing too well in those worlds. But uh, mm. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm doing my best to adapt. I, I just love that the Oculus is bringing generations together. Oh, yeah. It's great. It's great. The Oculus is not a proud sponsor of words and shit, but if they're looking, oh, yeah. if they're looking, we'll take sponsorships. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we, we would like some uh, some accessories as well. Yeah, um, yeah, please. We um we we had been going. My son and I had been. We got hooked on it first at a at a Dave and Buster's and other places where where you can go play it live. But when the pandemic had a the resurgence with the Delta variant, uh, we decided we were going to stop going out as often. So. Uh, it was it was not only a, a tool to have fun at the house, but it was a, a just a, a way to to avoid crowds and 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 things in public that we had been uh, been doing a little too much of, and like the rest of the people out there, we were getting a little too comfortable with the uh, mm -hmm. with the thing, and uh, so pull it back a little. Yeah, pull it back. But now now we do it here at the house. 
staying safe. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Speaking of other things one does at the house, you, you, I know are a taco connoisseur. Oh yes, yes, you, yes. You have you have a palate for good Mexican food. So my yes, my question is, what is your favorite food dish to eat? My favorite food dish to eat? Oh Lord, you can't be asking me that seriously. I will. I have so many things. Um, um, I will. I will come up with an answer as I answer uh, as specific answer as I think about this. But um, I've been cooking a lot, and more often. Now, now that uh, we've been uh, in this pandemic situation, so I'm I'm discovering that I I not only like to eat food, but I like to make it, and uh, and I've been writing a lot about food for many years, and now I'm writing a lot more about food. But um, anything with meat, like carne guisada, mm. um, brisket, barbecue, like from uh, good old uh, Tex-Mex stuff or 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 uh, parriadas from Mexico, like anything on the grill. Uh, mm. uh, any dead animal? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry uh, to all my vegan friends and all my vegetarian friends. Uh, but yeah, um, mm. steak, 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 uh, steak would be great. All right, all right. I'll take it. I'm. You're you're welcome over any time. All right, I love it. Oh yeah, you 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 cook. Phenomenal, phenomenal cook. Oh well, there you go. Uh, I'll, I'll get your address after this. There you go. Post Panadería. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So this is our last question, but I feel like, you know, I've been wanting the, the gray, like, hair and dye, right? Because it comes with wisdom, it comes with years of just being, like, I'll, I'll trade you. I'll trade you. Your look looks really, I, I think I can pull that off maybe a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think after a couple of hours, you'll probably get tired of this look, so... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see. What is the question? Yeah. So, what is the best piece of wisdom that you can give to to us, to a younger generation and an older generation too? Best piece of wisdom. Oh Lord, you guys, this is not speed dating. This is like a <laughs> Sorry. Premium, premium crushing or something like that. This is all her. She does this every week. Where it's like <laughs> simple questions. What was the most impactful piece of wit? <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's something that was always told to me. I, th I think this is what I would stick to. There, there's many good answers for this, but um, uh, what I, I, I've worked with over 20,000 kids uh, in, in San Antonio in just like the last last decade here, but always uh, what it comes back to, uh, the answer is like uh, that if we're, we're going to be creators or we're going to write or uh, not only as poets or artists or anybody who has to document stuff, like you know, scientists, uh, Anybody like uh, the doc, the the actual um, writing down of things and to keeping notebooks and records in a dated and or organized style and that is that is ultimately I think one of the greatest things that we can do um, if if we're serious about anything. So writing things down, keeping notebooks, uh, keeping journals, and uh, and 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 every idea that comes along uh, to write it down as as quickly as possible because they do fade away. I've made the mistake very often of putting things off like maybe even just 20 minutes an hour and i, I seriously can't remember it so uh if if uh if we're serious about anything we should we should be writing writing stuff down and and keeping a good record of, of our feelings and our thoughts and and everything that comes to our brains and our hearts oh that's such a great advice i feel like we don't document enough right ah. I, I agree. I agree. And I've seen your document. You you are very much a notebook writer. Like you document a lot. So I can only imagine how much more there would be if you, you know, those little pieces hadn't escaped you. Cause like yeah. you write a oh, lot. I do. I do. I write every day and I, and I'm, 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 I don't think it's stubborn. I, I do uh, use the new technologies and um, the microphones and I let that transcribe uh, in the new ways, but I, I am addicted to old school longhand uh, I write everything out um, and edit on paper, and and it's only after everything is done that I mean I have I have a novella stuff at the house, you know, eighty page things, and I mean it's all on paper and it's like hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of notebooks. So, yeah, yeah, I I uh, I sketch and I and I write and I I jot everything down. So, I am a as Chibi said, Mr. Ojunia said, uh, I I do document quite a bit. 
quite a prolific ride. Well, then, well, let's just, let's just jump right into it. Then uh, we're going to uh, transition into some poetry and then deep into the conversation. Uh, for y'all that are watching live right now at home in Facebook Landia and YouTubeville, uh, the comment section is there. We see the comments. We we interact with our audience. If you have questions you want to throw at Anthony, drop them in the comment section. We'll get to them. Uh, so use that. We're watching it. Thank you. Uh, but Anthony, if you could please uh, let's let's kick things off officially with a poem. A poem, I love it. I'm gonna, I I, I think uh, I'm gonna take advantage because nobody can tell me anything. I'm over here on the other side of the world. Um, I very often don't get to read a whole bunch of things that I, I that are a little bit different. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna write something that I've never read out loud in front of anybody. I started writing a whole bunch of uh, quarantine pieces at the beginning. Uh, of this this time when it was uh it was really really crazy and just very quickly I, I I was uh people were freaking out about not being able to go out and uh they thought I heard the the terms martial law and we were gonna be like mm -hmm. contained to the house we couldn't go out everybody was worried and I went to the store all nervous thinking I, I couldn't even walk to the store to get beer and I heard this guy uh saying very in a very upset way to the to the counter person and I was like Nobody's gonna tell me I can't go visit my girlfriend, and I was like, "What?" So um, I'm like, "That that was funny." And and uh, after the guy left, the guy at the counter is like, "Nobody asked your girlfriend. She lives like two houses down from him." And I was like, "This is funny." So <laughs> so so uh, I I went home and and and, and I wrote this piece uh, again. Never heard before. Let's see. Never read it. It is called uh, "Love in Quarantine Time." Mm. Yes, I will go and visit my love, even though military helicopters hover and whirl above. I will patiently wait throughout the day, then come fall of night through back alleys stealthily steal away. I will share shadow space in which to hide with funky skunks and stray cats and scurry and climb along fence lines like the sublimest of rats. I'll sneak and I'll peek and I'll head over heels row just to reach the sweet lady whose light burns in my soul. I will crawl in the dark. I will crouch, then I'll scuttle, unafraid, looking up at any drone spotlight rebuttal. I mean, with love as his wings, there's no telling how far a Romeo will get when called by her sweet voice to the lips of his own Juliet. If I had to, I'd Chicano ninja my way clear across town. I'm just glad that my love lives only four houses down. <laughs> I, I just imagine performing that at some point, like uh, with and and actually doing the little ninja rolls and stuff on stage. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I might be getting a little too old for that. No, but, yeah. No, I think it's proper stretching. It's, no, 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 no. Yeah, you, I feel like you've always had such a liveliness to you, how you talk, how you present yourself, even when you perform poetry, that even though you said you're in your 50s, it does not, like, it doesn't click to me. Like, in my mind, I'm like, no, Anthony is a spryly, like, 30-something year old. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's how I feel every time I end up hurting my knee. Cause I'm over there, like I'm like jumping around with the kids and stuff. I'm like, darn it, I forget that I'm old. <laughs> I forget, I forget all the time. Look, like Chris, Chris Billings just said, not old, just older. Older, older. All right, I like that. Yes. You no. know, one of the things that I love about your poetry is you literally find inspiration mm -hmm. in everything. Oh, yes. Like, like you have have a poem. I think you you are one of one of the people that is very much in tune with just like f finding inspiration and celebration in the most mundane small little things like where where does that come from your like attention to detail connection to the world like where 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 was that cultivated I I I don't know I just uh, uh I'm I'm very hyper and uh I'm always uh I'm in order to maybe not annoy people in the world I think maybe I did that as a kid I was just uh, always talking like oh look at that oh this feels so good like I just shut up, uh, and and they became internal voices. But yeah, I'm 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 I listen to people talking, and when I go home, I'm I I I I do the dialogue that I just heard in the middle of the street, and I'm like, oh, that would make a great character, and like, 
so every every little thing um, that that I see out there, that I hear out there, it's just uh, it's ripe for uh, for plucking as as a possible idea for for something, for for a poem, a story, a joke. I write a lot of jokes. That's another thing that I could have said for that answer in the speed dating. Uh, a lot of people do not know that I'm a I'm a secret uh, stand up comic. Uh, <laughs> Although I do it uh, sitting down in my house, so. Uh, but I write a lot of jokes, and I have a whole. I have like a. I did a whole one man show one day as a as just a a practice. I'm like, all right, I, I have all these ideas. Let's do it. Pretend you're in front of the camera, and I did a whole show, and I was freaking great. But only to myself. <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe maybe one day I'll. Uh, so I write a lot of jokes, and so that 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 uh, that observation that just doing voices and, and jotting down ideas and um, looking at the details in life, uh, they, they apply to everything that I do. So I don't, I don't know. I just do it all the time. No. And I think you're just like so good about it. Right. Like I think your brain is constantly finding alliterations, finding words of inspiration. Like every time you speak, it's like, all right, Oh, that could be a poem. And like, let me just do some little wordplay while I'm talking. And, um, it's it's been amazing. So have you always been like that? Like I can imagine, like as young Anthony, like in your <laughs> in elementary school, were you always so quick with your words, or yeah, where did this develop? It's 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 been like that my whole life. I just uh, I think yeah. I just said um, maybe maybe I'm super hyper. Maybe I'm I, I know I'm uh, OCD and possibly HDAD or whatever those things are. Although I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm just no, maybe that's just normal. But um. I've uh, I've always been like very very hyper very active like I can't rest it's like uh, even after a long week say I'm done with a whole bunch of things that were keeping me up or I was stressed out about and it's like you would think like I would take a couple of days off and like oh no I'm done with that like I got mm-hmm. other things I can do and it's just uh, yeah I'm I'm very restless in every way. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly, uh, at this point, like poet, like it says in your bio, like you're a full time poet. Poetry yeah. is your life. It is. It is your name. You are Anthony the poet. Period. The poet. <laughs> you know. Um, so I'm curious, like, where did this whole poetry thing begin? Where Where did poetry come into your life? Where Where did it start? Oh, it's a. That's a very very uh, solid moment in my brain. I remember specifically, um, and I. I, I tell this to all the kids. It was in second grade. I had never written a, uh, a poem before. A teacher named Miss Miss Hines mm-hmm. put up a whole bunch of different photos all over the room, and she it was our poetry writing um, module, I guess. And so she asked us to write poems, uh, to write one poem about one picture. And uh, in about ten minutes, I had written about ten pic- ten poems about ten of the different pictures. And it just it's like it, it just came up uh, automatically. And then um, she read them. She loved them. And she was like, uh, late, later she came to my desk and she's like, oh, it's my mom's birthday this weekend. Do you think you can write me a birthday poem for her? And she pulled my desk up to the front of the class and turned it around. So I was sitting next to her facing the class. And I remember all the kids looking at me like, what the hell is he doing up there? And I remember like, it's because I'm writing a poem, motherfuckers. And it just felt, it felt special. It felt, and, and I wrote it and she... She actually cried. She said she. I didn't see her cry. She later told me that she cried, and uh, so she put it in a card for uh, for her for her mama, and uh, I and I never stopped writing poems ever since. Uh, I have a there's a poem in my in my book Cinquenta about that somewhere, but uh, I'm not gonna read that today. But yeah, it, it documents that moment, and uh, it's uh, I I I went on and kept writing through middle school, high school. I studied poetry at the University of Pennsylvania. I studied in, in Philadelphia for, for four years. I lived there for six. Um, I came back to San Antonio. I, I never read anywhere. Uh, I was always very shy. I still am very shy. I get very, very nervous before performances and stuff. Um, I get sick to my stomach, actually. But for, for many years, all through college, I, there were there was poetry open mics at, at Penn, at my university, and in Philadelphia. I would go to coffee houses with my notebooks and never, ever read until I found Pudosam in, in 2000. I was 33 years old. And uh, uh, I guess it was the combination of beer and, and, and poetry <laughs> that, that did it. And uh, yeah, I just, I just have continued. So it's been, it's been a journey that began in second grade when I was uh, whatever I was, seven, seven years old, six years old. Uh-huh. 
Wow. What a, yeah. What a journey. You know, I think that, um, a lot of people start writing or they feel like they give them themselves permission to write when they're in high school or college, right? After they find some type of writing session. So the fact that you've been writing since you're seven and it's, it's a testament, right? Because in San Antonio, I think you can never, never not think about San Antonio poetry without thinking Anthony the poet, right? In some way or form. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, you've, You've also been such an icon. You you really are, yeah, just an icon for San Antonio poetry. And so I kind of want to, you know, know since you've you've been in the scene for a bit, like what are have you been your favorite po like points of poetry in, in San Antonio, and where have you feel like we could do better, or um, or are you excited to see what the future holds for literary? Wow, that's a that's a cool question. I've been a I've been telling people very quietly over like the last 15 years that, that I think San Antonio is the poetry capital of the United States. Mm. Um, we have we have stuff, especially during the, before the pandemic. I mean, there was there was stuff happening every single day on a Monday. You know, you could go see jazz poets, you could go see uh, uh, sun poets, you could go get drunk at a slam, and there was teen stuff. There's a uh, people reading at at the universities. We have a great academic. Uh, poetry program that that has developed in San Antonio throughout the years and uh, it's just I, I've been to many many other cities and I'm like oh let me go see what's what's going on poetry wise tonight and I'm like oh there's nothing uh, when my daughter moved to to New York City many years ago uh, she 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 was used to this uh, national poetry month catalog that comes out here in San Antonio and this is like over a hundred, a hundred, 150 events happening in just that month uh, in celebration of National Poetry Month. She went to New York and she was at, at the libraries. She said, I went around asking for the catalog for National Poetry Month and they didn't even have one that in New York City. And so um, the, just the uh, the testament that uh, is that National Poetry Month catalog that, that the city uh, Prints out and distributes uh, in in excess of ten thousand copies every year is is a uh, just an indication of, of how how much poetry exists in San Antonio and and all the different types and and on every in every part of the city uh, and and it's just it's just awesome San Antonio is I think uh, just don't tell everybody because too many people are moving here already but um, yeah I think I think it. It's uh, it's the place to be for for a poet, and there's some so many cool things happening here. You are so right. There are there are so many different uh, scenes and styles and types of poetry that is happening in this city, uh, and I, I don't know how like it's slowly coming back to life post uh, pandemonium. Uh, but it is definitely like any night of the week, you could go to some sort of poetry event. Uh, there's so many indie presses out of San Antonio and South Texas. What, in your opinion, what do you feel like is, 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 I don't know if it's getting in the way or why, why doesn't the rest of the world know that like San Antonio and South Texas has this incredible literary hub that seems to be underrecognized? Um, I think we, we get underrecognized in, in, in so many different ways. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs have won five championships. They're still considered a small market. They still don't get the, the TV coverage. Um, we have some of the world's best graphic designers. And, and while the same graphic designers could be getting uh, 6,000 bucks for a logo in New York City or in LA, right, right here in San Antonio, the companies want to pay them like 500 bucks. It was like, whoa. Uh, I think it's just um, the, the entire culture here. I, I, I don't know exactly where that stems from. But um, I think it, it, it affects the arts as well. Um, when until recently, the city, whenever it wanted to commission art pieces for, for public viewing and stuff, they would very often just go to mm -hmm. to outside sources. Uh, again, big time artists in, in New York City and, and Chicago and Miami, other places, instead of hiring local talent, there's always been this, um, I, I don't know, this, this backward thinking here in town that, that, that San Antonio artists are, are, are not as good as uh, other big cities, um, um, people in, in, in France and England, like uh, mm -hmm. we, we, we have such tremendous talent here. And I think people are starting to recognize that and, and to fairly compensate uh, the local talent in, in ways that, that are uh, equal to those people who are 
doing most of our things and um for some reason uh people don't think there are poets here but uh well, what is the, what is the phrase? You can't throw a stone like too too far. You can't throw a, <laughs> an, yeah. you can't throw an elote too far here in San Antonio without hitting without hitting a poet. And it's like whoa, uh, and and I know this for sure because for the last ten years, in, in many different ways, I've had to uh, I've had to uh, hire poets for for different things. Uh, when when we get big big shows, I do una noche en la Gloria, Dia de los Muertos, big time music events. And they're like, find three poets, and it's like I can't even, I can't even say it out loud or post it because there's like, um, yeah, there's like 300 poets who will be like, yo, it's me, it's me, and and they're all, they're all, uh, yeah, they're all uh, of, of 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 presentable quality. Like I would hire all of them. So um, they're here and they're doing all kinds of really really cool things. Uh, there's a whole bunch of of people publishing their own things. Uh, uh, the Guadalupe just opened up a, a Latino bookstore this last weekend. And it's just, um, there's there's you guys, I mean, uh, doing online, cool online stuff, magazines, and it's, it's just everywhere. It's just everywhere. Mm. Who has been your like favorite poet to collaborate with or poets? Like maybe like top, if you can do like a one, just maybe top three. To collaborate with? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, hold on, my, my uh, this thing is gonna die. I need my tech over here. Joshua Windrider, will you come <laughs> up? Will you connect? Our, our production assistant, Joshua Windrider. No. <laughs> he's here, though, and, and he knows how to how to hook up. Um, he can bring an extension in this copy. Um, the, I've had, the, the, the young kids that I started working with, uh, Andrea Vocab Sanderson, our current San Antonio Poet Laureate, uh, and I had been working uh, with youth uh, way, 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 way back in the day. And, and we, we helped co-found Fresh Ink Under 21 Youth Poetry Slam back then. And so I got to do a whole bunch of shows with the kids. And even when she was not around, um, opportunities started opening up in the schools and, uh, and, and in conferences and things where these young kids that we were working with were being invited to go talk to other kids about writing and, and how to perform and how to speak in public and all these cool things. And um, unfortunately, she's, unfortunately, she's no longer here with us, but uh, Kelly Taylor Morgan Greenwood, uh, yeah. who was uh, the uh, 2012 Youth Poetry Champion here in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. She was my go-to poet for like, for like two years and remains my favorite person to collaborate with um, any, any show. She was fearless. Any, any show, uh, any time, no matter how big the crowd, uh, no matter what part of town, no matter what uh, what day of the week, uh, she was always uh, like super enthusiastic. She would go out there and she would be my my uh, number one poet to call for anything. And she would always deliver in a with the highest quality, the the, the most eloquent style. And so she 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 remains uh, my favorite my favorite person uh, to have collaborated and worked with and, and, and do shows with, even though we, we only did it for about three years. Yeah, yeah. But there that's, are many. Yeah, that's that's amazing, because you have worked with so many poets throughout the years. Uh, and I want to dive more into your work with, with the youth, uh, but I think this is a good kind of pivot point of, as we're changing uh, topics a little. If you can uh, kind of like reset us with another poem. Let's hear another poem, and then we'll dive into your work with the youth here in San Antonio. In San Antonio. Um, all right, all right, all right. Oh, here, I'll do a... I read this one recently for the first time, but I like it. I post a lot of stuff um, spontaneously. It's, it's one of my my coolest things to do for myself. Uh, a lot of the poems I, I post on Facebook every, uh, um, every every few days, and I post them like cold off the top of my head. They're not they're not pre-written, so it's a it's a little game I play with myself. And uh, that's where this one began. And uh, I've, I've, it's it's still more or less where, where, where it came. It's just, this is called I Want Guacamole on my taco. <laughs> and it was a and it it, it, it is a, it's about something very painful. Maybe y'all have uh, connections to this pain. I want guacamole on my taco. Mm. Do you really call that adding guacamole to my taco? It's more like you're subtracting from the inherent faith I had in you and in mankind. 
I come from a very long line of great and ancient poetic and mathematical minds. And so I know how to carefully weigh the fairness of my words. And therefore I say this only because you charged me an extra buck and a half. I ordered guacamole, not guacamole, not guaca, not guac, not gua. I do see a little speck of bright green in there, I think but I'm not in the mood to take out my magnifying glass. I'm not usually one to complain, but I would like to see and to taste every single delicious avocadic syllable. Please do not give me gua or guac or guaca or guacamole. I want guacamole on my taco. There you go. <laughs> oh, so true. They so skimpy with the guacamole. Mm. Every now and then, every now and then, it's like a that was that was an extra two fifty. Seriously, like a, yeah. If I if I was a more courageous man, I would bring an avocado in my pocket to every restaurant I went to, and, and I would just I, I just bust out my own guac. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I, I I don't I don't have the, that kind of courage. <laughs> nah, I think you could definitely get away with this. Sometimes I bring my little travel tahine just to like add stuff to things. Like, mm, this needs a little spice. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, you, you guys who, who do that kind of stuff, uh, you, you are very, uh, this, like I said, I don't have the courage. Many years ago, I saw a guy pull out uh, his own uh, Tabasco sauce or picante sauce at, at the movies, uh, popped mm -hmm. it all over his popcorn. I'm like, that guy brought hot sauce in his pocket. Yes. And it was, it was like 20 years ago, you know, 15 years ago. And I was like, I can't do that. I'm like, I don't, it, it, it just wowed me. It's like, mm -hmm. He's, no. he's he's packing. He's packing picante. No, my, I think my favorite thing to see is uh, when people in New York they have Korean barbecues where they eat <laughs> their own like meat, uh -huh. and then bring people like well Latinos they'll bring their own like tortillas so they can like warm it up like I said like no barbecue. No, it was brilliant. It's brilliant. Love it. But, tortillas at, at the <laughs> Korean barbecue. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, I want I want to talk uh, about your work, your writing style, yeah. uh, because like we said, you work with the youth a lot, uh, mm -hmm. and you also you you don't shy away from heavy or serious subjects, yes. uh, but you do it in such a way that is so digestible to audiences of all ages. Like I think one of the first poems uh, that I heard you read was uh, "Papeles," right? And you're talking okay. about you know, coming across the border with or without papeles, getting stopped by immigration, all that in, in, in such a comedic way while still driving a very serious points. Like where, where do you find this balance? Cause it's always, all your poems have an air of fun to them, but that doesn't mean that you don't talk about serious things, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, I, feel, I feel bad. Like uh, I feel bad when I write serious stuff because I think I'm boring people. Um, and so I, I always I, I, I try to find a little a little a little slant a little side door somewhere where maybe I can I can touch upon issues. Uh, I tell people that that I don't write political poems, and then people are like, "Well, what about this poem? What about?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, that is political, but it was a, but it was more along like a funny political." It's like, "Oh, dude, it's not funny. I mean, it sounds funny, but it's 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 hardcore." I'm like, "Oh, I I never thought about that." Um, but yeah, the 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 immigration issue way back in the, around 2006 or 2005 when I wrote that piece was really, really bad. And uh, I didn't feel like I want I want to be a preacher when I write poetry and uh, heavy, heavy issues and, and, and topics. I, I do try to present in a more palatable way. Um, and uh, that's that's usually what, what comes out, um, some kind of humorous aspect or angle. And... Uh, Maybe it's tied into to my closet uh, comedian stand-up comic dude that, uh, but um, yeah, it's uh, I, I I do have a few pieces that that nobody knows about that that do deal with serious issues in a very serious uh, uh, tone, but um, I haven't I haven't read too many of those, mm -hmm. but yeah, you're correct. It just, it's, uh, it just well, I think it it also makes them very teachable you know, as something that can be easily shared to to inspire young writers. Cause I think sometimes poetry can come across a little too too heady, right? Mm -hmm. and people Definitely. are like, I don't, I don't get poetry, but you're a brilliant example of, of poetry that can be enjoyed by everyone, you know? Thank you, thank you, sir. I, I, 
I'm glad you think that. No, that's what I was saying. Like, it's your, the wittiness of how you speak, even to just like, to just to us or, or just outside, you know, um, it's just so, it's so brilliant, really. It really, really is. Like, you are always constantly thinking about puns, like bringing in these poet, poetic, like, devices, um, and just on a whim. And that's, I think, what's the brilliance of not only how you, you know, you're in community with people, but your poetry as well. So I, I think I think Buddha Slam had a lot to do with that as well, mm-hmm. um, because that it, it was the first time in my life that I had ever heard poetry uh, presented in such an entertaining way. And I think that's one of the coolest aspects of of spoken word and slam is that it's 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 freaking entertaining, you know. Uh, it's it's funny. It's loud. It's uh it's 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 rock and roll. It's uh it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It keeps you coming back. Uh, it makes you laugh. It makes you cry. You know, there's a there's a lot of very sad poems, but they're they're presented in such a way that they they move you, uh, in 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 a, in a big time way. And I was I was uh, I interviewed Naomi Shihab Nye last weekend, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. She's one of She's one of my favorite poets on the entire planet. And uh, she talked to me about that very same thing. I had asked her what she thought about Amanda Gorman reading at Joe, uh, uh, Joe Biden's inaugura- inauguration and about uh, Brandon Lee winning um, America's Got Talent with spoken word. He won the, the million dollars. You know, he was the big time winner in, uh, in 2020. So uh, she, she was like, she couldn't uh, stop gushing about how, how much she loved spoken word and uh, hip hop and rap and and poetry slam and how it has its place in the its proper place in the great canon of, of poetry and so that was just amazing for for somebody like her to say um, uh, a, a world renowned poet acknowledging uh, and the 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 presence and 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 the and the awesomeness of, of slam poetry and uh, one of the things that I always found very powerful about slam poetry and spoken word is its entertainment aspect you know it mm-hmm. it um, you you go to to a poetry slam and um uh, sometimes you know there's 200 people there there's 100 people there you go to a little uh poetry reading in a at a bookstore at a college you know you'll get like 10 15 people so there's a there's something drawing people in and uh, it's 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 really awesome and and i think the entertainment aspect is is uh something that that is always talking to me in the back of my brain when I'm when I'm writing, especially something that I I know might be performed uh, in front of people in the future. No, and I love that you you know you talk about you know slam poetry and and especially in San Antonio, I feel like slam poetry or spoken word poetry is what I see the most um, mm-hmm. here in San Antonio, and and I think I kind of want I would definitely want to talk about you know, not only you, but you also have like this generational uh, presence, right? With your daughter, Amanda, mm-hmm. um, being in Puro Slam too, also doing the spoken word. And I just want to know, like, I don't think I've ever asked even Amanda, you know, herself, but how was that to like have a, another poet, you know, your daughter is a poet, y'all are both in Puro Slam, seeing her compete. Um, how did that feel like as a father, as a, as a San Antonio poet icon, you know, how's that dynamic? Oh, uh, it it was it was awesome and and very fun and it was a uh, it was getting to to a big time point. Uh, I thought we were gonna keep uh, there were there were things in my brain that I was we, you know we were gonna go on tour and do the academic circles, the colleges and stuff. But uh, she had her own plans up in New York City. But while it lasted, we did we did so many so many shows and uh, we got to perform at at uh, dozens and dozens of schools throughout the city. And um, we we have work that 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 uh, that pairs well together and and we write for for classes and and for for use very often and so the partnership was 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 really cool it was a uh, it, it it helped us well i don't know about her but i think it did her as well but it helped me uh, get a whole bunch of jobs uh, it helped me establish myself um in in the schools and uh we got a lot of media coverage you know the father daughter duo we i think you know i can count at least four or five major articles that the Express News put out in just uh, about three or four years on both of us. And so, um, yeah, she was, and she was fun to deal with um, when she wasn't difficult to deal with. 
we're we're both we're both Virgos, and so we both always oh. think, we both always think we're right, and uh, and uh, yeah, she, and, and um, I don't know, uh, she's my daughter, so. <laughs> there's that too there's I mean, that <laughs> i mean just one of the examples of of the many ways that you've worked with youth uh yeah. you know uh going into schools and performing both by yourself and with your daughter uh mm -hmm. you started fresh ink you know the under 21 youth poetry slam been a judge for la voz here in san antonio like you do a lot of work with the youth uh what what is it that drives you to this kind of work you know i don't uh, what drives me to this work? I just I just finished my my ninth year too of serving uh, as a judge for the San Antonio Public Library's Young Pegasus Poetry Contest, and um, I think it it just came naturally. I like I said I had I had never read before I was thirty three in public, and then I found Poodle Slam, and within about a year after Poodle Slam, um, I had people who had just seen me out there had asked me to do certain plays and a very, very bad movie. Y'all should check out this movie called The Tears <laughs> Again. My son loves to watch it just to laugh his butt off. Um, it's so badly written and the acting <laughs> is so bad and I'm the, the featured actor. Uh, but uh, it was just uh, something they, they, they gave us a script and they said, no, don't for, for, forget about the script. Just, just do this. And so it came out really, really bad. Uh, my, my, my daughter and her and her friends at Trinity University uh, when she was back in school, they would they would get beer and wine and just watch it just to make fun of how bad <laughs> the movie was. So, yeah, uh, so Buddhist Slam uh, got me uh, about three or five major plays here in San Antonio, uh, theater plays. I, I, I really liked theater. It was it was it was great while it lasted. Then I did the movie and then all, all of a sudden out of nowhere, uh, teachers kept calling me and um, asking me to go to their schools and uh, just word of mouth. Like I never promoted myself. I never, I never, you know, printed up business cards or said I'm a, I'm a teaching poet or I'll, I'll go to your schools. It, it just, it just started to roll and it just started to roll. And um, I, that's, that's how it's been going for about um, 10, 10 years or, or more now. People just call me and uh, can I go to the school and we have money and, and you know, it's cool now. They, uh, a lot of people have budgets to have visiting artists coming to the schools from visual artists to musicians and and poets so it's a it's a it's it's fed me and it's been fun and uh yeah it's just been going on for for, for many moons all through just uh teachers recommending me to other teachers recommending me to other schools and 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 that's how it's been i mean you've Again, I think this is a testament of, you know, your work and what you've done. Um, and you've written so much, right? From the, I'm like, oh, look at these like little cameos. I love it. I love it. That was my tech. <laughs> yeah. Production assistant. Production assistant. Oh, there you go. He had to go with that. Uh, he, the, the, the cat is uh, taking over the second portion of the show. So he had to let the cat in. No problem. No, actually, yeah. Does your does your son like? Is he about poetry, or just like did this stop with Amanda, and he's just like, I'm doing my own little thing. I'm I'm, I'm discovering my own self. Yeah. When 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 Amanda took off to New York City, and and I knew we weren't gonna, you know, do the the stuff that I had a, some of the things that I had planned. I was like, man, this guy, he's only like four or five. Like we're we're gonna become a great poetry duet. We're gonna make <laughs> millions of dollars. We're gonna go, but uh, and. Uh, but after going, I, I've been homeschooling him since um, since he was in first grade, and his mom is homeschooling him this year. But uh, he would go to all of my classes, all the workshops I taught for many years, and he would be like, "Yeah, yeah, it's okay. No, I will never do poetry, Dad." Like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't. I'm like, dude, we could we could make money. We could get famous. We could get a gigantic house. We could buy cars. We could eat real nice. And he's like, no, no, don't, don't. Do not talk to me about it. I'm not gonna do it. He likes uh, he likes uh, designing stuff. He he he's a filmmaker. He likes uh, he likes uh, creating videos and things of that nature. So I I see nothing wrong here. Yeah, yeah. He write the poems. He films the poems. Yeah, You're, you can we'll do still well. <laughs> There you go. There you go. He knows he knows how to use all these design programs like Photoshop and all these film editing things and and he's been doing that since he was seven so uh he's got his own interests and and pretty soon i will i will 
I will take advantage of those interests. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Uh, well, like Rocky is saying, you know, like you, you've written a lot, you know, you have quite, you talk about how you write every day. You are quite a prolific writer, been writing mm -hmm. since you were in second grade, performance since, since the year 2000. Uh, and yet you only recently decided to publish this fantastic collection of books called Cincuenta, uh, which I am assuming is because you are turning 50. Here's 50 years worth of, of poetry. Uh, why, why, why wait so long? And, and what was the journey to get to this book? Oh, that's a, it's a, I've, I've always hated the word submission. I, since college, when, when we were supposed to um, um, be submitting poems uh, regularly, according to some of our professors, uh, I, I just would not do it. I, I'm like, I don't want to, I, I heard, and I don't remember who it was from. Maybe it was when I was in high school. Uh, you know, if you're going to be interested in writing, dude, they, the publishing people, they just take advantage of you. For every dollar that they make off of you, they're going to give you like three pennies. And uh, it was just like this great negative thing. Like, uh, you'll be lucky if, if, if you can buy a loaf of bread every weekend. So I'm like, what? Um, and so I always had that in the back of my brain. And so... Um, from contests to submission calls to uh, sending stuff out to magazines and to publishers, it just it just never interested me. And um, I I wasn't even interested in publishing to begin with, like uh, or selling my work until until pretty recently when when I found out that it, it was a a very nice way to stay alive. I started um, um, just making individual copies of of my poems about about seven, eight years more or less. And, and I, at all my readings, I was selling out and reprinting and then uh, mm -hmm. um, started my own uh, t-shirt line, uh, Anthony Poet t-shirt line that, that mm -hmm. uses some of the phrases that I like from my poems, uh, some some little quotes and things. And, and people have been buying stuff up like uh, very, very nicely for the last few years. And so the, the book, thing is the, the latest thing to come along. I have about three or four finished books uh, that, that have been compiled and are just waiting to be printed up. And it's just, I always find myself going off and doing other things when I should be maybe focusing on, on just getting the books out. But mm. um, since I have been blessed to remain busy and, and uh, you know, just doing the teaching thing, the performing thing, uh, the drawing thing, uh, there, there are many projects on, on the on the back burner that are just waiting there to happen. But um, yeah, that's that's why it took so long. I, I was just not interested in, in putting stuff out. But recently, in the last few years, the the the, the self publishing uh, uh, world has has gained like such a like a like a positive aspect. It used to be like if if you self publish your work, it was because nobody else wanted to print it, or uh, it, it was the only way other people were gonna read it and uh, it, it was just looked down upon but I think you know, that was just the whole culture of the the big big established publishing institutions but so many people are are making their own uh, their own CDs you know their their own music their own recording they're publishing their own books their their t-shirts and just like doing everything on their own it's like a such an independent um, artist world nowadays and 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 I think that's it, it just fit in perfectly as far as timing goes for me. And uh, I got I got a whole bunch of stuff uh, that I'm I'm hoping to finish up soon. So yeah. I'm 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 glad it finally got out there. I know I never thought I'd be able to, to make a full time living off of off of poetry and and having to 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 mix in like the workshops and the uh, public appearances and, and the teaching and you know things that I never thought I would wanna do. Uh, it's 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 managed to become a, a little career, and I don't I don't know how long it's gonna it's gonna remain that way, but uh, I I uh, the 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 publishing stuff is the the major way that I've been able to continue to do this. Yeah, yeah, we've got this great question in the audience uh, from Woo! Lauren. Uh, she says she's in the same boat, uh, but recently been considering publishing. So I guess she's talking about like you know all this like submissions and blah, 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 and just being like, not worth my time, but now considering publishing. Any advice for someone trying to get their work published for the first time? Ooh, um, I've been, uh, who's that, Lauren? 
Hello? Lauren, yes. Lauren, um, the, the, the cool thing is about, like, well, well for me, I've, uh, I've been lucky to, I, I just keep, I've just kept doing what I, what I do and what I was mentioning about um, people just hearing me someplace and, and, and hiring me like to go into the schools or to go MC big events or perform at, at music festivals and things of that nature. Um, that's the same thing that I've been doing with, with, uh, with my writing. Um, like I say, I've never been interested in sending stuff out, but I, 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 ha I have been finding over the years that, um, the more I just keep doing what, what, what I'm doing and, uh, publishing my own stuff, whatever, like not now in, uh, I can name at least like five or six instances in just the last few months where people are contacting me about publishing my stuff. It's not like I'm, I'm not sending stuff out. This, uh, this interview that I just did with the famous, awesome Naomi Shihab Nye, it was uh, somebody just contacted me over the internet uh, on Gmail and saying uh, they had some money uh, and, and they wanted to do an interview on Naomi Shihab Nye about the Young Pegasus Poetry Contest and about her work with youth. She is currently the, um, the Poetry Foundation's uh, National Youth Poet Laureate. So uh, they're they're interested. They were interested in uh, everything that she wanted. She's she's doing with the kids nowadays, and and so so they contacted me, and now they're going to be uh, publishing this this interview in their in their uh, publication in in a few weeks. So um, I that's that's the one thing I would suggest to people, especially in a world where self publishing is always a good option, and and it's very very economical nowadays. Uh, you could I mean. You could you could print up a hundred five hundred copies of, of your book and not go broke and then uh, if you if you promote them properly and if you do have a, a following and if you diligently go out and perform and teach out uh, you can you could you could make some some decent money off of that but uh, if failing that you you'd rather go the traditional publishing way I think just maintaining that that discipline that doing the things that you were always doing and, and keeping yourself out there and and hopefully. Uh, you can draw attention to your work. That's what I would say. Perfect. I think, like, I think we can kind of end on that, like, great word of wisdom. <laughs> really. Yeah. And if you could just kind of um, thank you so much, really. This has been a pleasure. I feel like the hour just flew by. Um, there's not enough time to talk with you, Anthony, really. You just have oh. so much knowledge and so much... Um, so much to offer, you know. Thank you, thank you. Have, no problem. I have enjoyed this. I have enjoyed this. Thank you for the invitation. And uh, if anybody's out there, uh, or or if you guys re, uh, replay this or, or record it anywhere, um, anybody can find me for any questions or anything at uh, Anthony the Poet. Just Google Anthony the Poet or uh, Anthony the Poet at gmail.com. I think Chibi had it some. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. So if you can, Anthony, please, please. Just share one more amazing poem with Amazing us. poem? What are y'all in the mood for? Oh, I know, I know what I'm gonna read. I'm gonna stay funny and I'm gonna stay with the with the with the pandemic stuff because I never get y'all y'all got to read like uh y'all got to hear stuff that, that nobody has heard except for that welcome over piece. Yeah. Also, I'm gonna be very thirsty later on if uh, I think Shibby has like my, my my tip information there. My virtual tip jar. Y'all can send me money for a beer or something. I'm Anthony the Poet everywhere on Venmo, Cash App, PayPal. There was a, I'm going to do this one to close you guys out. And thank you very much. Um, I hope I hope you enjoy Brooklyn. And uh, again, your, your hair looks awesome. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> Chibi, Chibi, you're, you, you, are a, you are a treasure to the poetry of San Antonio. So thank you for, for starting this whole thing. Um, and... Uh, this is a this is a piece I wrote way back on 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 March the thirtieth, also at the beginning of the pandemic, because um, well I have I have a very big family, uh, we live very close together, and at fifty four I happen to be the young one. It's like uh, again I forget that I'm old, der, and uh, so my oldest sister is like seventy two. I, I can't believe it sometimes when I think about this, um, but uh, it it. It turned out that I was the, the one required at the beginning of the pandemic to go do the shopping, to go find toilet paper, to go find everything. Uh, we were out of everything. So uh, as the young young kid in the bunch, you know, I was out doing the shopping. Nobody else could go out. 
uh, we have people who are sick, old. So I was out there all the time. It was an adventure for me. I remember I searched for like three weeks or four weeks just to find some ramen noodles for my son because he was like, there's no ramen noodles. And everybody was sweeping them up. But toilet paper is one of the things that I had a, I had a, the hardest time with. I couldn't find enough for my family and stuff. And, and so I, I wrote this uh, based on the day I finally came across them. Um, this is called Toilet Paper. Trust me, you will find that big package of toilet paper. And when you do, here are a few tips to truly enjoy the experience. If you are not in the process of either being trampled or glared to death, take the time to listen to that sky-splitting, light-bursting forth from the clouds, alleluia, moment. Take the crinkly package in your hands and sincerely talk to it. Say something funny or romantically spontaneous, no matter how absurd it sounds. Say to those 12 mega rolls of ultra soft Charmin something like, yes, I've been a very dirty boy. Or I've been looking for you in every crack and crevice of the city, my love. Let's go sit somewhere quiet and get to know each other a little better. Do not scream and do not yell and do not do the leaping side scissors in midair with your legs as you run down the aisle at H-E-B. Go straight to the register and stand there quietly and reverently and be silently humble and grateful for a few moments. On the way home, say hello to the trees you passed on the side of the road. Tell them thank you. Say that once this whole thing is over, you're going to plant a few of them. Maybe start a garden, recycle more diligently, and do whatever it takes so that we don't find ourselves in this kind of mess again, no matter how absurd it sounds. Mm. Yay! One more time for Anthony the Poet Flores in the comments section. Carmen says, I'm a poet new to San Antonio. Can't wait to hear you read. Other poets have told me how wonderful you are. Yay, so. yay. Find me. Yeah. We're going to be doing some, there's some really cool things coming up. I just got a, our second poet laureate of the city, Laurie Ann Guerrero, just sent me a, mm -hmm. a flyer that she's doing a, a big reading at, uh, she's the poet in residence at Texas A&M University. So next Wednesday, and there's going to be a, big reception after that so that usually means free food and wine so uh yeah uh, y'all should come um just google me anthony the poet and uh i have a page called poets of san antonio where where i post a whole bunch of poetry stuff that's happening all over all over the city whenever i have time or if it comes across my feet um so yes uh, i look forward to meeting you as well ma'am yes i'm so excited thank you again thank you so much an icon have fun. Y'all have a good night. You, you too. We appreciate you being here. Oh, man. It's yes. always a good time. <laughs> always. So, like, it was, that was such a great, like, energetic way to end this night. For real. For real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, can't, you know, so much, so much wisdom telling you. I saw you had your beer in hand. You're just a little wind down. You know, we're just having fun here. <laughs> but it's a Shiner beer. Hey. We're all from Texas. So, kids, it's a Texas night tonight. Yeah. So no, I, I do agree uh, with you, Rocky, that there's just a lot of wisdom shared, but also just a lot of, uh, I think, inspiration. You know, like we talked about, he has a way of, of, of putting a spin on things, even the serious subjects, you know, like, you know, not being able to find toilet paper at the beginning of a pandemic that just like anytime i walk away from interaction with anthony the poet i always i i, I feel optimistic you yeah. know it's so. optimistic and it's a way to like it's our life it's we only get one and we should enjoy it right don't take it i mean take it seriously but at the same time like live it and laugh i think that's uh. the best part I love it. Well, let's let's thank some people and go live and laugh the night away, shall we? So, yeah. 
Thank you so much to the audience. You all have been fantastic tonight. Absolutely fantastic. Really interactive. Loved your questions. Loved your comments. Uh, so please, you are such an integral part of the show. It's the reason we do them live so that we can interact with you. So thank you for joining us. And when we hope this is not your last time with us. Of course. And if you want to keep in the loop with us, go ahead and follow us on IG and Twitter. Because Twitter was up and IG is still up right now compared yeah. to yesterday. <laughs> um, at Words and Shh, right? Give us a follow. Give us a like. Repost us. Let us know that you like us. Just follow. Yeah. And if you ever miss an episode, maybe this is your first time here. Never fear. All of our episodes can be found at our YouTube page, youtube.com slash words and shit, or wherever you get your podcast. It gets released as a podcast if you prefer to listen to it versus uh, watch it. Uh, find us wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to uh, rate, review, like, subscribe, all of that fun stuff. Yeah. And come back next week, same time, same place for our next feature. Carla Cordeno. Going yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Gord, Gord. My R's were like, da, 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 da. <laughs> it was the shiner. It was the shiner. <laughs> so excited shiner. to be in conversation with young Chicana poet Carla Cordero. Uh, until next time, y'all, stay safe out there. Bendiciones, y'all.